That he is able to keep us from falling and to present us without fault before the presence of his glory. Not a simple entry, but with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. This is what God has for us, all of us. There's another verse that says in verse 21, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, unto eternal life. It says, keep yourselves in the love of God. That means that we will benefit from God's love ultimately if we receive and cooperate and stay in His love. For us to be able to enter into that glorious, abundant presence of God, we need to watch and pray. And that's what tonight's message is about. Watch and pray so that we can benefit from this promise, this benediction. That's how we keep ourselves in the love of God. Watch and pray. Can we turn to Matthew 25, please? Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go gather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So, this is the Lord coming to a house. The Lord coming to a city, a community, just like he did when he was on the earth. He passed through the villages and he declared who he was. And those who were wise, they received him and they kept close to him so they had that fellowship, intimate fellowship, so they can meet him when he returns. The others heard, they may have responded initially, but they did not stay with him. They didn't endure. Because they didn't endure, they didn't prepare. And this is what the Lord is saying here. That whatever is necessary for us to meet the bridegroom, we must possess and be ready to meet him. If you look at verse 13 of this familiar parable, we see the Lord saying to us, what is the meaning of this whole illustration? Why five wise and five foolish and the consequences respectively? Because five prepared themselves. They were serious. They watched. 
See, because they watched, they were ready. They were able to get up out of their physical sleep the moment the call came. And they had their oil with them. The others, they also got up, but they didn't have the oil. So the watching here, what it means is, not simply having the eyes open, but actually shaking the slumber or the sleepiness of the world off of us. So there's a watching over here that the Lord says. The lesson is, the illustration is saying, the Lord wants us to be prepared for His return. That's why the word watch is there. The word watch in the, in the Greek, uh, there are different words to describe that. One is nepho, N-E-P-H-O, which means be in a state of sleeplessness or be awake. The Lord does not want us to have the world crowd in and take away our watchfulness, watching for His return. Otherwise, we will miss His return. That's the clear warning He gives. See, at the end of this whole parable, He says, Watch therefore. The reason I'm saying this is watch therefore, because you don't know the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. So we need to be in a state of preparedness, being prepared for the Lord, being ready, giving attention to those things that matter for our soul the most for our soul. Because our soul can be swept up with the world. The world can attract us in different degrees. Because the world doesn't attract us like it does our neighbor who's not saved, doesn't mean that we're not in danger. Let's turn to Luke 21. Some people pray, but they don't watch. Some people watch, but they don't pray. The Lord said we need to do both. So, in short, the word watch means to stay awake, to be alert, to be discreet. Discreet means making the right choices, the wise choices. Being alert enough to make the right choice. When you look at the word sober in the New Testament, many times it actually means don't be drunk, physical drink. Because in that culture, Greek and Roman, they used to drink a lot. Uh, like today, in many places. So that drink can make a person what? Lack that alertness, lack soberness. They can get hurt, they can die. And many people die like that. Now, the Lord says to us, because we're His dear children, He says, don't be swept away with a state of drunkenness. So watching and praying is the exact opposite of being drunken. And we're going to see that here in Luke 21. Luke 21, verse 34. Verse 29 says, And He spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, ye see and know of your own selves that summer is now nigh at hand. So likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass away till all be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. If you read chapter 21, you'll see that he's speaking of nations fighting against nations. We're definitely in that period. So it's even more high time for us to be alert and do the things we need to prepare ourselves and our families to meet the Lord. And verse 26, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 
And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. That should be the application for us. Us as believers, we should focus not on verse 26, but on verses 27 to 28, that our Lord is coming near. We're looking for that final redemption. See, if this world is not our home, then we will be ready for heaven. But if the world is comfortable for us, we cannot be ready for heaven. So we have to make a choice. What things in my life are keeping me from watching and praying? And be careful, Jesus says. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged, overfilled with surfeiting, carousing, and drunkenness, and cares of this life. So that day come upon you unaware, for as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, again he says, right? Watch ye therefore. Just like in Matthew he says, Watch ye therefore. Stay awake. Be alert. Don't be sleepy, but look and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand for the Son of Man. We see a duty here the Lord Jesus gives us. The duty is to watch and pray. So it's not automatic. See, those who are not watching and praying, even if they know the Lord to some extent, the Lord says they may not escape the judgment that's going to come upon the earth. Very clear in this verse. So, the popular doctrine today is, once you're saved, you're in the kingdom of heaven, and you're going to make it in when Jesus comes. Not necessarily. According to what the Lord says, we have to watch and pray. When He comes, we'll be as the five wise virgins, having the oil ready, the lamps burning. That talks of a state of preparedness in my soul, and in my spirit of being awake for the Lord's return. So, one way that we can be ready is to fight the worldly temptations that prevent us from watching and praying. So, we have to identify in our lives, Lord, help me to identify what things of the world still have a hold on me. How do I spend my time? Am I careless or am I careful? The five foolish virgins, they got the invitation. They were actually called, but they were not ready, so they weren't chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen, the Lord says. So for us, we have to identify, Lord, am I using my time and energy to seek you and to be prepared for you? So one thing is fighting against worldly temptations by watching and praying. The other thing is to fight against the weariness of the flesh. And we see that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Please turn to Matthew chapter 26. Fighting the weariness of the flesh in verses 36 to 41. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and John, and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. The Lord feels like his chest is going to burst. So heavy, so heavy with sorrow. He's looking for three people closest to him in the face of the earth to stand with him and watch. This is what he says to them. My soul is exceeding sorrowful even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Watch with me. Stay awake with me. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed saying, O my father, 
if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples, and findeth them asleep, and saith unto Peter, What, could ye not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Watch and pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We just saw in Luke 21, in Matthew 25, that because certain individuals were not watching and praying, they missed the timing of the Lord. They missed His appearance. They missed that entry, let alone the abundant entry. Watch and pray. This says here clearly that we can enter into a temptation if we don't watch and pray. When the second half of the verse says, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak, many, many preachers have said this, and many Christians, they've said, you see, even the Lord says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. But the Lord is not saying that as an excuse. He's saying that as a warning. He's saying that in your flesh, in your body, you are weak, but your spirit man must dominate that flesh. That's the only way we can overcome this world and be ready for His coming. The Lord is stating a fact. Your mortal body, the flesh, is weak. But He's not stating defeat. What He's saying is, you can overcome the flesh through the power of the Spirit. We have a responsibility. It's not automatic. We have to watch and pray. We have to tell our body, you have to get up and pray. It's time to pray to the Lord. We cannot let the body dictate to the Spirit. So this is a second way to watch and pray. What is the purpose? The first purpose of watching and praying was to fight the worldliness. What are they? The carousing or the surfeiting, being overcharged in our heart with a lot of partying, you know, a lot of happy time in the world, a lot of food, a lot of drunkenness, not necessarily wine, but it can be food, it can be TV, it can be books, it can be gossiping. It can be any kind of those things that will rob the alertness that we need to see the Lord when He comes suddenly. This is what the Lord says. The first reason for watching and praying is to fight against worldliness. The second reason is to fight against the weariness of the flesh. The weariness of our own body. God doesn't call the weariness sin. But He says if we let it dictate the spirit and rob us of the spiritual growth, then that's sin. That's why he says, watch and pray. That ye enter not in temptation. That means he was saying to Peter, John and James, that if you would have watched and prayed, if you would have been alert, you would not have fallen asleep at my trial. At the time when you should have been alert. What happened in the end? All of them forsook the Lord. All of them. Not one stayed behind. You know why? They didn't watch and pray. They fell into that temptation of the fear and they left. Now the Lord being merciful to them, Praise God. We read at the beginning the very encouraging promise in Jude that He will give us an abundant entry. He's able to do that. He's able to present us faultless with exceeding joy. In order for us to take that, we have to watch and pray. So the first thing is fighting against the worldliness. Things from the world that rob us from watching and praying. We have to fight against that by watching and praying. The second thing is the weariness of the flesh. The tiredness in my body that can prevent me from worshipping the Lord and getting close to Him. 
The third thing is watching against the winds of false doctrine. Let's turn to 2 Timothy in chapter 4, please. This is the third dangerous thing that can keep us from watching and praying. It can literally sweep us away from heaven. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy 4, and I'll read from verse 1. 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5. Watch. What does the word mean in English? It means to look. Watch this, uh, this person for a little while. You know, watch this baby for a little while. What does it mean? To look and be alert, attentive. It's no different here in the Greek. The only extra thing here is, is to be discreet, to choose the right things so we can be alert. So verse 1 says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead, the living and the dead at His appearing, and His kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long-suffering and doctrine. See, this is not popular today, is it? For someone to say to someone else, Brother, you need to be alert. Sister, you need to be awake. Don't let the world rob you of the blessing of God. Most people don't want to hear that. But the Word of God says what? Reproof. When we see it, need it, we have to reproof. Rebuke. Hey, why are you doing that? That is, a, that is not going to help your soul. It's going to damage you. That's rebuking somebody out of love with long-suffering and doctrine. It's simply the Word of God. So with the Word of God and with great patience, we have a charge from God, just like Paul said to Timothy, to preach the Word. It may be to our family member. It may be to our neighbor. It may be to our children. It may be to our, our fellow workers. But we have a responsibility, a charge from the Lord, to hold the right doctrine, the truth, and then to share it and to use it to what? To help people. So they don't miss the Lord's coming. What a great tragedy. What a great tragedy. If we make it to heaven, but the loved ones don't make it to heaven. It's our responsibility to be alert. So we can help them be alert also. Time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. There are many different doctrines abounding in the world today. Particularly in the Christian world. If you go to a Christian bookstore, you'll find... Uh, a plethora of books, just vast numbers of books on everything but the truth. They'll have the word in there, but they'll twist it because they'll make people feel good while they're very worldly. They won't tell them too much about holiness. They won't tell them about the cross. They won't tell them that it's going to cost you to follow Jesus. They'll tell you, you can be blessed. You can be prosperous. You can have everything you want because you name the name of Jesus. Not so. We have to obey Him. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Many, many ministries, especially today, uh, particularly in the charismatic movement, they tell plenty of stories to make their people very interested but they're fables. And how do we know, first of all, the Spirit of God within us 
will send an alarm, will feel a disturbance. Secondly, we will see the result of their ministry. They may have numbers of people coming to their place. That doesn't validate them before God, necessarily. They may have many reports of salvation, not necessarily validating them before God. The proof will be when the lives are changed of their followers and they are walking in holiness and they are ready for the Lord. That's when you know that they're preaching the truth. And another thing is this, I should say in passing, that the majority of ministries that are so big and so popular that they can easily draw worldly crowds to their ministry, worldly people to their books, that shows that something is wrong. Because Jesus said, Beware when men, all men speak well of you. So we have to be careful. What are we actually listening to? Do we listen to people's preaching because it makes us feel good? Because they're promising blessings? They're prophesying blessing after blessing necessarily? Or is it because it is sound doctrine? There are blessings. God we saw, He has super abundant blessings. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Praise God. He's able to do that. He will do that. However, He will never stop warning us about the dangers of error and sin. So that's something to watch for. When you hear somebody, especially the big popular preachers, see how much they mention about the cross of Jesus. How much they mention about watching and praying. About real holiness. About real separation from the world. That is true doctrine. The Lord says in, in, in verse 5, through the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit says, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. See, this is our duty. Once we get strengthened in the Lord, we should be thinking, Lord, who do you want me to speak to? Lord, who do you want me to share the good news with? This is what we, are, we should be about, our Father's business. But we need to strengthen ourselves first. Right? Isn't that what the Lord said to Peter? He said, when you are strengthened, then go to your brother, right? When your faith returns, go strengthen your brothers. The way we strengthen ourselves, brothers and sisters, being close to the Lord, fighting worldliness by watching and being alert. What am I doing with my time? What am I exposing myself to? Even in Christian things, is this something that will make me alert or will make me more and more complacent? This is the question we have to ask. So he says, watch in all things. The reason we're reading this here is because he's warning against false doctrine. See, if someone is not watching, they'll eat up anything that's given to them. We can go to a restaurant. If we're not discriminating against what actually is put in front of us, we'll eat anything. But God doesn't call us to be like that. In the spiritual world, we have to be very careful what we're chewing on, what we're actually digesting, because that will actually get into us and reflect on our walk. So we have to watch out. We cannot simply grab whatever's out there because it makes us feel good. Let us always say, Lord, is this really from you? Lord, even if this person is so popular that he's an international minister or she's an internationally famous uh, prophetess or whatever it is, teacher, God, when I hear this person, does this make me to be more alert watching for your return? Or does it make me very comfortable in this world wanting to get all the blessings and never following the way of the cross. So the first thing is watching and praying so I fight off worldliness. The cares of this life. Job, school, family affairs, 
the regular things in life, they can actually make us dull. God doesn't say don't do them. He says a good husband, a good uh, father, a good wife, a good mother should do all those duties. But the primary duty is to have that love relationship with the Lord that we are in a state of preparedness to meet Him. The second thing we saw was in the garden that the Lord says, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray or else you may give in to temptation from the enemy. He may work through your body. Even though it's natural to get tired, the supernatural can be blocked by that. So we have to overcome the natural by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in the spirit of us and say, I'm going to push myself to do what God wants me to do now. Then I'll be ready for His coming. The last thing is, 2 Timothy chapter 4, watching what we're listening to, what we're actually digesting. He says, in the last days, there will be false teachers just like there were false prophets in the olden time. That's a fact. We can't simply ignore that. When the Lord warns us about something, it'll be to our detriment that we ignore it. We have to be alert. It's actually chapter 2 of 2 Timothy. The false teachers will seem just like the true teachers in many ways. They'll have truth in there. But on certain points, they will put down the Lord. They'll insult the Lord, but they'll turn into a joke. They will actually challenge some of the way of the cross that the Lord outlined. They will turn people's attention to fables. So we have to watch. This is how we can be ready for the Lord, to be separate from all these things. Watch and pray. Watch and pray, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with carousing or surfeiting, with drunkenness, with the cares of this life. Watch and pray, lest at any time you enter into a temptation, a weakness in your body. Don't let that dominate you. We have to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Third thing, watch, it includes prayer, of who you listen to, what you read. Make sure that you depend on the Holy Spirit to show you the discernment that you need. Because many people, the Lord says, many people will try to get into heaven on that day and say, Lord, Lord, we knew you, I know you. You taught in our streets. Many people will go to some of the greatest preaching crusades. They'll have all the books of certain people. But the Lord will say, I cannot give you entry because you don't have the wedding garment on. The way to have the wedding garment on is to have the oil burning in the lamps. That's by watching and praying. Watch simply means be awake, be alert, be sober, be discreet. Discreet means make the right choices every day. So you can build up the inner man. That's the glory. It's not just a something to say, oh Lord, I have to do this. It's a burden. No. It's something to make us to be so full of expectancy. Lord, I am ready to meet you. At any time I'm ready to meet you. I want to meet you, Lord. Because I love you, I'm preparing for you. You think back to when you were married. You think back to when you were waiting. It wasn't a burden. They didn't have to drag us into the wedding hall, right? They didn't have to uh, drag us into giving the invitation. It was a joy because we looked forward to it. Because we loved the person. How much more the Lord Jesus Christ? If He is the bridegroom and we are the bride, we should be joyfully expecting Him. We should keep ourselves in the love of God. We should look forward to an abundant entry 
to him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the throne of the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. What a promise. And all we have to do is watch and pray. Let's pray. O righteous Father, thank you Lord for giving us your holy word. We thank you once again God for warning us that we should not be swept away with the flood that's going to come upon the ungodly. O God, you are a God of seasons and times. Father, you have a calendar when you will bring together the completion of all things in heaven and in earth. Father in heaven, help us to be found faithful to you. Pray for the listeners. Deliver them, Lord, from all of their sins and their sicknesses in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Dear friends, you may log on to our website at www.lbethelinternationalministries.org to find further information about how you can be blessed with the other resources we have to offer. And we say good night. May God richly bless you. Till next time. Bye.